Hello and welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, Season 5, Episode 4. My name's Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. No Josh Bond today, but me, Trevor Lindy. Well, I should say no Josh Bond yet. That's right. He's on his way. He's doing lawyer stuff. He'll be a couple Um, six-minute packages. There you go. You know, exactly. building out every six minutes. So minutes. right now, yeah, that's he's he's well on his way to to build an, a fifth of an hour, which is great. We're so happy for him. Yeah, good for you. Bro. Um, so how have you boys been? Good. Yeah, everything been great. Stressed. Look right here. First pimple all, in ten years. Mm, yeah. Okay. I thought we were playing Trevor Lindy. Because of Trevor Lindy. Are we playing yeah, a PlayStation Five? So. Gray hair. Wrinkles. Yeah, all right. Wrinkles aren't there yet. No. Okay. Yeah, so that our, I'm using our. Are you, I'm using our mugs. Why is yours slanted? I don't know. I'm not using my mug until I'm in my new office, and that's when I'll use the mug for the first time. Okay. Which might be next year, but it will be soon. Well, you do you, boo. That's okay. We have a great. We have a great show today. Two amazing guests. Uh, first one's coming up. Uh, Brandy Henderson. Uh, co-owner, co-founder of Ornero Group and Reveal Magazine. She's amazing with the marketing stuff and the promotional stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> and then um, Robert, uh, he's going to be on at about quarter to 12, 12 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time for anyone that's listening. Um, and uh, he'll be he's a criminal lawyer. So that him and Bondo get along like a house on fire because, you know, he goes into areas where, you know, Bondo doesn't specialize in. So it's really good in that, in that, in that aspect. But uh, Lindy, you were just, um, if we can quickly, you were looking at the analytics uh, on where our listeners are from. You were telling me the other day, like what, what were you uh, saying? I like, our, like, yeah, we, we were on the phone and you pulled up the, the, the analytics of this podcast and we're like, in Sweden or something like you said, I don't know. You said something uh, like that. I, I, um, I don't remember. Okay. We're in Curacao right now. Curacao. Heavy, Are we? What? Heavy, heavy, heavy. Heavy. <laughs> All right. Um, lately. You want, you want to hear something crazy before we go ahead? Okay. My, my son's got a Twitter account. We talked about this last time on the account. Yep. So he, he's got an account that um, it's called stuff that shocked you in the past. So he's like, it's coming from a 12 year old's eyes and stuff that happened in the past, like the German wall coming down. He's like, Oh my God, the German wall came down. So he's got a couple of big people that, that have reposted his stuff. He's now at 117,000 followers. Wow. On Twitter. Yeah. 12 years old. It went from 500 in three days to like 60,000. It's grown like 10,000 a day for like the next seven days. It's kind of slowed down at 117, but he's Are got, he had a manager reach out to him saying if he'd like to be managed to make money off of it, I said, don't, don't do any of this. Just enjoy it. Have fun. Don't worry about it. But now he's all stressed because he's got to keep content up to keep these people coming in. So, it's so what does he post? He just JFK posted, like, was assassinated. Is that, that <laughs> no, he hasn't that done that like? one. His biggest one so far was the th- Xbox 360 has been released and he had like Xbox reach out to him. He had like 138,000 uh, 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 likes and stuff. <laughs> that it's, it's the craziest thing. Like this 12-year-old kid, like I've got 488 followers on my Twitter because I don't really pay attention to it, but he's so into it. And now he's got this gimmick that people just are eating up because it's, you know, from the eyes of a 12-year-old thinking about big stuff that happened in the past that blows mm-hmm. his mind and people just love it. Well, right now, you know, it's a hey. flash in the pan kind of thing, but. 
Well, I'm just saying, uh, you know who else has a Twitter account? The Professional Insight, and maybe your son with 195,000 followers. To retweet maybe retweet. it? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe help help a couple guys out would be great. He could say he's shocked that the Professional in, in, uh, Podcast is on uh, Dean Blundell Network. Boom. Yeah, how about that? Million likes. Million, million likes. Can you do that? How about you ask him to do that? I'll, I'll, yeah, so I got to kiss his ass a bit. He might have to extend his bed bedtime or something. You know what? But isn't that's that, fine. Isn't that I, impressive? Like, you just that's pretty he blew impressive. up. He went viral like within a week, and we're like, "What is going on here?" And all that, and then like every, every like literally every ten minutes was like five thousand more people on this thing. Wow. Okay. Um, he can come uh, on be a guest. He, uh, just uh, rookie is is um, is Brandy in yet? I'm just not too sure. I know she was she was messaging me. No Brandy, no Brandy yet. yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. One second. I'll just see where she is. Well, you know, uh, we, I know can, she... we can we can talk about what I wanted to talk about, which happened yesterday. Something current about it, if you want to. Yeah, go for this, it. This is where I was talking about. <clears throat> I'm not going to mention the names of it, but it's our company, and we had a build that was uh, scheduled to close yesterday. And when you're building a new house, the day before you have a, a pre-delivery inspection, where you go through the whole house, it's about two hours of of inspecting everything and, and teaching the client and looking for little nicks and stuff on that and Really, it's a to-do list for the builder to give them a perfect house on it. So that's that's part of the process. We can talk about that on another day. But the thing that was important is that these buyers are buying a house, and this could happen on other builders. We're not doing anything at this point, but they bought a house about <clears throat> last February. We started the paperwork process. They're getting the keys. They're supposed to yesterday. The house is probably worth eight hundred to eight twenty-five right now, and they have a purchase price of six fifty. Um, because it was purchased over a year ago when the, the market was different. The market's risen that much. But now they're in breach of contract, which is pretty serious. Now, a builder has the ability to push back their clothes with enough notice. In fact, a lot of people are doing this right now because of uh, material supplies uh, that are delayed and, and other various factors that are nightmare during the pandemic, and especially post-pandemic when we're almost in an endemic right now. <clears throat> but the builder with enough notice can push back up to a year and sometimes further than that because of COVID. The buyer cannot. So the buyer knew about the close. At this point, we've extended it a day, but technically they're in breach of contract. So if you have an unscrupulous builder, they could kill the deal at that point and put the house up for sale for $150,000 more, which would be the loss of the actual buyer. Um, and the interesting part there is it's, it's more or less a problem because the mortgage broker at this point was just asking for paperwork two days before, and they had an approved financing back in February because that's part of the process of getting approved for it. Now, maybe they're doing something different. They haven't even asked for an appraisal, which I think wouldn't be a problem because it's so undervalued right now. But now they are in a point where we've given them a one-day extension, and now other problems will come up. Now, Trevor, maybe you can chime back in and, and pop in the window here sure. and talk about Sometimes you might have been in the same situation where financing isn't ready or the underwriter has some kind of an issue, but really I've never experienced this at all with you. So I'd like to hear from your, your point of view on this, how this might happen. It's tough to say, obviously I, I don't have firsthand knowledge of what's happening in the file itself, but they told me it's a really difficult underwriter. That was the thing, but why is an underwriter involved two days before close? That's my question. Well, and, and, and that's kind of, I, I, I'm prefacing, I don't have enough information to be able to specifically say what the cause is, but typically when you hear these things come up, you're chopping it's, up it's big because, time. 
Am I? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hear, hear that. Sorry, guys. I don't. Uh, uh, good. Okay, now. you're good okay, now. You're perfect. good now. Rookie doesn't good now. Um, so I, I was saying, I'm I'm trying to preface it uh, by making that statement, not knowing enough about the the file to be able to say what what's actually happening. But typically, when we get into those situations in the eleventh hour, uh, where things are still being asked for. I see one of two things. One, it's the broker that has potentially caused the delay. Um, you know, not getting documents in in a timely manner for them to get reviewed. Um, taking that a step further, it may not be the broker that did it. It may be the lending institution that has just taken so long to review documents. But the how you started the conversation today when when we were talking off air about this, Jeff, is you said the underwriter is now asking for additional documentation. They're asking for uh, a grading plan on the property, which for all intents and purposes. Well, they said site plan. So not even grading plan, which is the weird part too, because it seems like they're not even, I put both of us on here, Chris, we're probably having a a, a back and forth. Um, The site plan um, was asked for, which the site plan is more for a subdivision, right? A grading plan is, is what, the, the city's asking for in regards to a water water flow on the property, right? The, the thing that, that got me curious about saying there's going to be an issue here is two days ago, they forced me, the, the lender asked for a, an amendment to take one of the buyer's names off of it. So shows you there's some kind of a, a, an issue there with the financing department right there, right? So now they might be going through re-underwriting. I don't know. But as soon as that came up two days before close, I'm like, what is going on here? There's clearly going to be an issue. I phoned our lawyers, which we use Bond and John. Um, of course, I'm supporting the podcast best I can and great, great people on our podcast too. But I told them right away, look, there's going to be an issue here. And at that point, the lawyer said, how would you like to, would you like to stick it to them? You know, like, cause, cause really they're in breach or, you know, how do you want to play it? I said, well, you know, they're great clients of ours. They're nice people. All that stuff like this does happen. You know, let's give them a day, see where it goes. But ultimately when you're looking from the buyers or the builder's shoes or, or whatever, there's a cost for every day it extends because you have finance right. charges on this. You have utility charges on this. The lawyer's already gone through and found adjustments on this. So really you're looking sometimes anywhere from a hundred to potentially even $500 a day per diem on extending a deal. And that's just for the builder to, to, to break even and the cost to extend the deal on it. Right. The bigger problem here is the lending institutions causing breach on this contract. So I'm curious and you might hear this or you haven't heard it before, but I'm not sure. Can the buyer, if they lose that deal and lose 150 grand in equity because the property's gone up that much, go after the lending institution? Nope. Not creating a breach. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. That and and I think I, I've shared this on past episodes. Um, you know, there's there's a broker. He's he's no longer a broker. He uh, he took a promotion. He's now president of one of the uh, uh, <clears throat> brokerages underneath the Dominion Lending Center group of companies, and. You know, he joked around that he got a stamp made that says conditional, uh, and he would stamp every single commitment that he did uh, with this word conditional on the top of it. Because the reality is, the the lenders have lawyers with deep pockets. They have dotted the i's, crossed the t's. There is no loopholes in those agreements. They are very clearly written that this is what we require of you. This is how. Um, 
you know, uh, how we need it to be provided to us. This is the timeline which we need it to be provided. What if they to. have everything and they're not in breach with the broker contract or the the lending contract and they've done everything right? Obviously not because now they've changed it by removing a buyer. You know, so yeah, there's so a change I, there. I, again, very hard to answer the question because I don't know if it's broker or if it's lender. Um, if I was involved in the transaction, I'd be able to say it was me, it was the lender. Um, obviously, you know me, I'm not the type of person to, to throw anybody under the bus if I can avoid it. I'm not saying um, any names here. Nor, nor would we be talking about this live on air if that was the case either. Yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those that I, I, I've got a question like where where things were at, right? Was everything provided to the broker in a timely manner? One of my colleagues, we were actually recently at one of our kids uh, uh, track and field days and we were chatting and, and he said, oh, you're not going to believe this file that came across my desk. This broker had pre-approved these clients, um, not not my colleague, the, this other broker had pre-approved the clients. Um, the clients went in, condition-free offer, bought a home, uh, couldn't actually afford to buy the home and you know here they were two days before closing and my colleague ends up getting the deal they don't want to work with that broker anymore and my colleague is you know talking to his lawyer and figuring out okay well how can we get this done how much can we delay the closing so that everybody is is happy but here he was and and that was an instance where the broker screwed up where the broker didn't do their job, their broker was getting things done last minute. Um, you know, you're, you, you you've told me in the past before many times, which sucks for you. You've done a lot of the legwork and all that, and you've told me that until it closes, really, they you've seen them change before, even with signing a commitment and just going somewhere else, right? You mean the client or the lender? Yeah, the the, the, the buyer, right? If they're using yeah. you for lending, or is it as soon as they sign the commitment with you, then they're committed, or is there loopholes for the buyers there too? Not that no. I want to. Technically, the buyer can, uh, up until the day of closing, until they're at the lawyer's office signing the particular papers with that lender. For so that locks it in as the lawyer signing, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's essential. Because this is the, the problem coming up right now. There's, there's lots of people who bought, say, in January, February, who are now getting ready to close. And they bought at that peak, that apex of the market, right? Where... Now it's come down maybe, not crazy, but like maybe fifty, dollars $100,000 and some, well, kind of crazy, but has come down a bit from that that peak. And now the lender, can they just say, no, we're not going to do it? Or they forgot to do the appraisal and now it's not appraising at that? Like this is the thing that, that is just- Yeah, uh, that, that absolutely can happen where, you know, and, and I can tell you right now, <clears throat> getting an appraisal is like pulling teeth. I have clients right now, the appraisal was ordered on April 19th. Still to today, great day. It's a great day. <laughs> still it's to great today, day. we have not had oh, an no appraiser <laughs> go out to do that appraisal. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, April nineteenth. Yeah, it's been ongoing, right? So anybody that you know, uh, I'll give you another example. I've got clients that are um, uh, they're existing clients of mine in Ontario and working for Dominion Lending Centers. I've got access to our head office in Vancouver, in Port Coquitlam to be exact. Uh, and I can facilitate transactions out of the province uh, through them, basically co-brokering the deal with our head office. So I've got clients that are in the process of trying to relocate from one area of British Columbia to another. And that exactly that I said to them, guys, listen, the reality is it's taking a while to get appraisals in. And secondly, 
the values with it softening right now, you've bought at a certain price point. We need that mm -hmm. value to come in. So rather than waiting, let's get the appraisal done early than, than later. Right. What do you mean early? Like, like as, as soon as they're firm on the transaction or before they firm? Well, no, like before they're firm right now. So I can tell you these clients in particular, they have a sale of property um, on their home and, or excuse me, on the purchase agreement uh, for their, their current primary residence. They had a condition of finance, sale of property and inspection, um, BC, different. Um, so they, they, they still have all that stuff. Anyways, they were, they, we've got their approval in place. They raved their condition of financing. I said, guys, I think we should get that appraisal ordered to ensure that the value you're paying for the home does come in. We don't delay it. Mm. And they said, okay, well, we've got to ask for an extension uh, on the sale of property because the sale of property was about to expire. And the seller wanted to wait because there was potentially another offer coming in. So they waited mm. until the Friday. Once we, once that Friday hit and the seller agreed to extend the sale of property for them, we ordered the appraisal right away. That's actually a few weeks ago now. And, and to be honest with you, we still don't even have the appraisal done. We're still waiting on it. I think we got Brandy here oh, now too. Eh? Yeah, we got yeah. Brandy. So, uh, yeah, Brandy is she, is she in the green room right now? There hey, she is. Hey, Brandy. Hi guys. How's it going? Fantastic. How are you? Good, 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 good. We're talking about Thanks daily for... industry stress, so we thought we'd vent a little bit. We'd vent a little bit. So, what's going on? So, I mean, we have, uh, like, we have a much larger uh, audience than when you were on before. Um, it, it, what? Oh, I don't know what Josh is trying to say. He, Josh is here, I guess. Excellent. Um, <laughs> good. Bring Josh on. Um, on, there he is. Hey, wait. There we go. Oh, turn on your webcam. There, there we go. go. Come on till Brandy was on. Hey, Josh. There you go. Oh, I'm is flattered. Good? good to see you, Josh. Sorry, there must have been some confusion with our uh, oh so gracious uh, leader, Mr. Curry, today. So I apologize. I'm on a little bit late, Brandon. I'm sure I will share with you the same respect. I bet you, yeah, Bob, no, was six, twelve, or eighteen minutes Mr. late. Curry, I will. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so how's it going? <laughs> what? Uh, so Brandy, how's it going? It's fantastic. And it's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy yeah, Friday. Right? Not like that means anything in what any of us do for a living, but happy Friday nonetheless. <laughs> right, right. It means it's one day uh, closer to Saturday. That's right. all for me. So what do you want to... Um, so just give everyone a, a brief uh, update about Onero Group and just the history and how you started and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Onero Group has uh, three entities, uh, Onero Media, Onero Access, and Onero Tech. Um, Onero Media is, I think, what I'm most familiarized with in Niagara. Reveal Magazine is one of our branded magazines we produce. Um, as a firm for Onero Media, we do full service marketing, media, publishing. We've published some books. Like I said, we have our own brand of magazines um, and full service marketing services from branding all the way to digital marketing, advertising, et cetera. Um, we have a blast every day, work with some really incredibly talented, creative people. Um, and we love what we do. So we're in our fifth year right now. Um, the last two were a little bit interesting for I think all industries, but um, yeah, no, we have, a, we have a blast. We get to work with incredible people every day. 
uh, out in the community, doing what we can, using our tools and our expertise to help other businesses grow and get back into, you know, a strong economic footprint, which is great. And then you're all over the, you're all over the world too. Like, I mean, with, with your, with your online and stuff like that as well, correct? We are our, um, our readership for our magazine, just on that branded side, we have readership in 103 countries, which is great because we do a lot of work through the business magazine for economic development offices throughout Ontario. Um, and then on the digital marketing side, because we have access to international inventory, depending on what the business's target market is, we can tap into uh, you know, different inventory sets for different products all over the world. We have um, clients out of Montreal that are software tech clients and their primary market is Latin America. So we're running all of their digital campaigns in Latin America right now. We have some work going on in Europe. And then of course, you know, the US market with things like email marketing and, you know, uh, all these different uh, device ID tracking and things. We, we do all that in those markets as well. So what, what are the, some of the trends that you're seeing in the digital space that I think uh, maybe, you know, uh, you, you've, you've kind of taken, you know, a couple of us through a couple of times on, on like how to structure, you know, your websites and stuff like that. What are some big trends that are coming down the pipeline that you're kind of getting in on the uh, ahead of, ahead of uh, everything, right? So what's, what's, yeah. how's that going? So from a marketing perspective, it's all about experiential marketing and omni-channel marketing, making sure that your overarching strategy is hitting not only multiple, I'm going to say multiple platforms, not all platforms, because all platforms don't work for all industries or all markets, right? Um, you have to know where your, your audience is. You can spend, you know, everybody right now is, get me on TikTok, get me on TikTok, get me on TikTok. But if, you're, if right. your market isn't on TikTok, that's a very exhausting, time-consuming, and expensive thing to get on TikTok, right? So it's it's not every platform isn't for everybody, but experiential marketing and omni-channel media, you have to be taking into account in your strategy. Uh, on the digital marketing side, um, ad spend across every industry is up, and it has been for a long time, um, surprisingly enough, even throughout the last two years where people would have assumed that it would have dropped um, substantially, it did not. There were some industries that were stronger than others, obviously service-based industries and tech industries outpaced hospitality for good reason and travel, um, but spend was still up. People still needed to be relevant in their market because if you're not in front of your market, then somebody else takes that place. It's not just, you know, they remember you when they need to, they'll remember the brand that was in front of them even when they weren't needing that brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's especially the world today, right? Like, it's right? what's in your face, right? Yeah. So you're you have to be top of mind. TikTok's yeah. the big request right now. Well, because people are intrigued by it and they feel like they're missing out on something. Um, so it's always it comes up in a, every every conversation that we have about markets and tools and platforms. Everybody wants to know about TikTok. Um, I find that interesting. My best friend is right into TikTok and I don't, I'm, I'm old school. I'm Facebook and, you know, a little bit of Twitter and then uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I, I pay the least amount, but he sends me so much crap on TikTok all the time. Right. And it seems like such a younger kind of site, you know, and it's interesting that businesses are starting to reach out and say, should I get on there or not? Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that's just, you, you take people through the conversation with, you know, what are your primary sales channels, you know, if you're service-based, whatever, whatever your industry is, you know, where is your revenue coming in and where's that revenue? What market is that revenue coming from? What's your target audience? Who's your ideal clients 
Um, and then where are those ideal clients, right? Everybody is on the internet. You can connect with anybody through digital marketing, different platforms, whether it's streaming radio or email marketing, or and some audiences are still very traditional, um, you know, through billboard marketing, whether it's a physical billboard in, in an area, um, combining that with some of the um, other tools like localized SEO tactics and, you know, geo fencing, all those different targets. But you just, you really have to look at your strategy, where's your audience, and then multiple products that work together, kind of like lead funnel, right? You got to make sure that you're hitting people at different times of their, their journey. To do so what do you tell deal. people, if I'm a realtor and I want to advertise and I'm talking to you and I say, I want to go on TikTok, what would be your advice to me? Well, we would have a very interesting conversation. I mean, it, again, it also depends on your brand and your business and, you know, are you going to be the product on TikTok? What's, what's the content plan there? What's the value proposition on that? So I, I wouldn't say don't do it. I'd wonder, I want to understand why you want to do it and what kind of ideas you have for the strategy. Um, there is a market for that kind of stuff on TikTok, whether or not that fits into your specific sales methodologies and where your business comes from and what you want to grow. That would be a different conversation. Yeah. It feels like a younger demographic on TikTok, like kind of like 15 to about 25, something that, that range. Am I right? Or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's peaking up into the early to mid thirties, but Again, well, my buddy's depending 45 on the context, and sure. he just loves it. <laughs> he's he's well, crazy at it. I don't know. Right. Just, I, There's a difference, I guess, between having a TikTok account and be a content creator and then actually just enjoying it from uh, a, like just a social perspective, right? Right. Well, it's almost like a so, full-time job figuring out, you know, content to put on there. Like these, like many little actors out there right now. It's crazy. I, I watch some of his stuff and I'm blown away by it. I'm like, oh my God, I got to hire someone to do this stuff. I can't figure this out. Yeah, it's 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 a commitment. You, you need the strategy for sure. Well, because I heard it went from Facebook to Instagram, and now it's TikTok's the hot thing and all that. And, and like keeping gonna, up with all this stuff is like a full time job. It's always going to change. It's, it's the world of technology, right? There's always going to be new. Um, there's always going to be new platforms. There's always going to be new social strategies. It's going to evolve over time, right? And but the, the, the big thing you know is podcasts too. Yeah, podcasts are coming big now too, for what I can see. Well, I mean, you guys are kicking butt, right? <laughs> Trying to. I suppose that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Yeah. In part. Yeah. But yeah, it just um, kind of evolves depending on the platform and your audience, I suppose, right? Yeah. You just always have to, like Ro and I have in every conversation or consult we have, it's, well, what are your goals? And your goals are going to change, which is good. They should, right? Your your growth strategies will change with where you want your revenue to come through, Um and just lining up the right products to that. So you just, you know, it's just a conversation, right? Because people, it's a big investment. Marketing and advertising is a big investment. It's a necessary investment, but if you don't do it properly in alignment with your business goals, you just kind of spending money. And then you're going to say, well, I didn't get the ROI I was looking for. It has to line up with your business goals. Has to. Well, I mean, like full disclosure, like you, you, you've taken over our company's website, right? Um, yeah. And and have fixed it up. And we we had a fairly in depth conversation with your analysis, and 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 you guys did a full like eleven page report you gave us, uh, and you know, um, and we, you know, uh, full transparent. You and I had that exact conversation about the ROI piece and in the fact, um, but you know, something that uh, I guess not to when you did an analysis of our website and the traffic, even for the charities website as well, 
Um, like there's a lot of, I guess in this industry, even though it's been around for 20 some odd years, mm-hmm. right. Um, there's still the, the, the ignorance on the industry, um, is I guess very, still very high. Mm-hmm. And what people are actually getting for their money from different firms. So what are some of the things that maybe that clients that aren't you, that maybe if we're dealing with other firms, what should we, what are sort of some key pieces that we should actually, you know, I guess, look out for or really make sure that things are being done properly? Well, always ask what kind of data, like even before you get it down the road, always ask what kind of data they're willing to share with you because, all marketing and advertising investments now have a tremendous amount of data that's being done right that can be exported and shared. Um, you have to have that kind of transparency, right? Um, I am also, we are huge advocates of optimization, real-time optimization of campaigns. Um, sometimes you, you can work with an agency or uh, a consultant that will run some campaigns for you. You'll, you'll get the startup, you'll get the assets, you'll work on everything. You'll come up with what you want your campaign goals to be on those platforms and you'll set it for, let's say it's a three month contract or a six month contract or a 12 month contract. Um, what are your uh, flexibilities to, to make changes to that campaign if it's not going the way that you thought it would? Is there flexibility in that? If there's no flexibility, run. Right. And that's, that's the big thing. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you have to be able to have flexibility because when you're, when you're, the, the power in analytics is that the, the data tells you a story. So before you run that campaign, you have an idea of what you want to do. You have an idea of who you want that message to be delivered to. But as that campaign is live and running, the data might tell you a different story and you need to be able to react to the data. If you can't react to the data and make changes, then you're stuck with an investment that you know might not give you the greatest return. You have to be able to adjust. You have to... You have to have campaign managers and people that are advocating on your behalf to to get that end result, even if it means having to change it. And how long do you Randy. usually do, like, do you, do you suggest a campaign go for? Um, we typically don't run a campaign for anything less than three months. Um, okay. You want, you want results. And, and on average, a lot of our campaign structures overall are six to 12 months. Um, and we renew them based on different content. So you can have multiple layers of messaging. Um, and, you know, you can stack those kinds of things. It really just depends on the strategy. It's different for everybody and what their goals are. But, yeah, when you're working with analytics, especially in digital marketing, you, you want to build upon the data because it gets stronger over time based on how people react to your brand. So then you Got use it. that data, you adjust, and you get stronger over time connecting with your ideal audience. We oh, won't, no, we won't a run a campaign for a month. It's just yeah, Brandy, it's just Brandy, what would you say? What would you say to a a company? Or do you believe that there's a, a company or markets that are not marketable? Like, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder that about our profession, right? In terms mm-hmm. of how many people are actually looking for a lawyer, <laughs> in, you know, in that. I think format. everybody should be. <laughs> <laughs> whether or not they are i don't know um i agree obviously right because i mean i try to you know not tons of lawyers doing podcasts and things like that out there right but uh, i mean uh, you know do you, what would you say to uh that type of industry do you believe that there are certain industries that are not marketable or 
Um, I would say I don't believe that no one is not marketable. Everybody needs a presence. Um, whether you have a strong referral basis for your for your um, to maintain your business, whatever your strategy is, at some point, if you're not marketed, then people aren't aware that you exist when they need you. Um, the level of of how prominent you need to be and the frequency of that and the consistency of that, that's going to dif differ depending on your, you know, intention to scale, right? If you're a small boutique operation and you just want to be memorable in the market, you want to have brand awareness on a, on a regular basis, great. There's a strategy for that. If you are, you know, in your industry and you're growing or you have purchased another firm and you want to be, it depends on the business, right? just different strategy but no i don't think anybody's not marketable yeah as an example of that say like your more bay street firms you'll see a tendency for them to have higher marketing campaigns right to right just because their their tentacles reach a lot further right right and how saturated is your is your local market compared to other like it, it's all very very dependent on the individual business right interesting Thank you. Now you got into, I know reveal magazine is, um, one of your, like the subsidiary or, or whatever you, um, a division within Onera group. Yeah. Um, what made you get into the, because not only is it digital, but it, it, which is a huge presence, but you also print it. We did. And like, what, what was the reasoning? Why did you even go down that route of printing? Like, what was the, the rationale when everything's going digital now? Um, but since the day we started, I mean, Great and, magazine, we, and we, yeah, we, thank you. Thank you. Um, we're pretty biased and passionate about it, but we love it too. Um, when we started, there was a huge assessment between, you know, people with tactile responsiveness and where's the industry going as far as print. The first magazine that we put out um, was a travel and leisure magazine for the Niagara area. We did the print component 100% for that because of the area. We marketed that in print and digital. Um, we marketed it in digital sense globally because international visitors to Niagara and the print component we marketed all throughout Southern Ontario. Um, the challenge with do I do print or do I not do print? It, it's not do I or don't I? It's if I'm going to do print, how am I going to distribute the print? And is it going to have a purpose? Because if you have a publication, there's content in there, you're driving readership, whether you have advertisers as part of that strategy and that publication, you need readers to make that have a purpose. Where are your readers? How are they going to connect? Are they tactile? Are they a blend? You just really have to take the time to have a print and a distribution strategy that makes sense for the publication. If it doesn't have a purpose, don't do it. Right. Interesting. So that's kind of like, sense, right? um, <laughs> yeah, like that's just kind of, it was, that, that was really, it was really neat. And, and the fact that it's still, it, it's being um, still fairly successful. Like what is the print distribution like right currently right now for so Reveal Magazine? Because there's the, yeah, so we have the business and we have, so the, the leisure magazine that we did originally, um, when COVID came and went, that has now um, transitioned to a Ontario publication and it's lifestyle publication. It will be a combination of digital and print and won't be relaunching until later this year when the market is right. ready for it. We've been monitoring that, you know, touch and go all along. The magazine strategy for 
the business magazine, we went only digital throughout lockdown and we were able, we monitored the market through um, rather carefully, actually through like Canada post, um, you know, magazines, Canada, all of our, all of the associations that we work with um, in regards to trends. And we reintroduced the print piece in June of last year because there was still a demand for it. The demand was different and we adjusted our strategy in alignment to meet that demand. Um, we didn't we didn't necessarily do the exact same direct mail strategy with 10,000 copies because some industries were closed to the public. Some industries were open appointment only. There's not a lot of sharesies of, of physical print publications anymore, right? So readers right. per copy is not a, we monitor the statistic, but we don't, it's not a statistic that we're investing in promoting because that's not the temperature and the climate right now. It's very personalized. It's very tailored. We print 5,000 copies and we very strategically distribute them through uh, mailing. Um, and it changes per issue to make sure that we're going in along with the trends of the Niagara business community. And then of course, all digital, we use all of our digital marketing tools to promote our own publication. Right. Okay. And where are you, I guess, from a, from a, a suggestion, like how do you split a, a advertising budget when, when, you know, a budget's finite. So how do you, do you, do you still put them into the print copy or do you still see there's a value to that or, or can you go all digital or what do you, what, what where do you stand on that? Um, you can go all digital. Um, we have, again, we do everything. It make, it's got to make sense for you as a business owner, right? So what are your goals? What are your interests? Based on that conversation, we'll educate you on how this is going to work from an investment perspective. If the print component, like very rarely does the print component not make sense in that magazine again, because we're talking about a Niagara business magazine, right? right. We do have, we did a relaunch of our Reveal Magazine's website. And that instead of it being previous, it was just, it was a magazine website. Now it's a multimedia portal. So we can do full digital um, magazine type content through that as well for people that have different budgets or different time cycles in their business, right? Maybe it makes sense for one quarter to, you know, take that cover positioning and really blow out something really, really great. And then maybe you just maintain that messaging or follow up messaging on the digital channels or on our website. It just, it really depends. It depends on what your business is. We go back to goals every time, guys. What are your goals? If it doesn't and make so sense for your goals, I'm, we're not going to recommend it. Even if you want it, we'll recommend against it if it doesn't go along with your goals. Right. Now, what okay. do you do if somebody's very loose on their goals? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what that was. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> a little bit of a dance. Yeah, it's like slithering, right? They don't know. They don't know exactly what it is. They're trying to figure it out. Well, then we make our, then we make our best, yeah, we make our best recommendations, right? We always, I mean, this is what we do every day, all day. If, if there's some kind of information that I can lend to you to help you make a, a decision, we're all for that. Um, we're just, we don't, we don't sign up to provide services that we don't think will work for you because right now our, um, our client return rate on advertising and investing is like 87.9%. Um, on a regular basis, uh, wow. like to keep That's that. Great. Um, so if, if you ask me to do something for you and I do it knowing that it might not garner any results, you're not going to call me next time you want to do something. I want you to only ever call me. <laughs> I operate the same way. Yeah. What, uh, now here's, how do you, <laughs> right? how do you compete? 
So how do you compete <laughs> being from Niagara? I find that there's a lot of, um, you know, there's definitely a tall poppy syndrome that some people have in Niagara with regards to dealing with local Niagara businesses. But um, with regards to how do you compete with the big Toronto firms? Like how does your firm compete with the big multimedia Toronto firms and, and stuff like that and differentiate themselves? Like what do you do that's, that's different that you can bring to the table for anyone that's listening right now? Like if you're out in BC or Alberta or anything of that nature. Well, um, I mean, we have access to all of the same industry level tools. We invest right. in all of the high level, like top tier agency tools and software. Um, but we aren't a conglomerate. So you can still call me if you have a question about your campaign. You don't have to log a ticket and wait for, you know, a robot to assign somebody to call you back. So we have all of the same potential. Um, our rates are arguably better and you still get to work with um, real people that are right here. Right. A pretty small, like, you know, niche firm, right? Like it's, yep. and you're literally... Uh, the, the entire team I've met them and it's, it's a, a lot of it's family, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, in, in some capacity. Yeah. So that, that's kind of great. And the reason why we did this is because Roe and I very much like, there's a lot of reasons why we did this and we love what we do, but, but one of the most important things is that we want to choose who we work with, right? We're not out there looking for just for clients. We're out there looking for people that represent companies and organizations um, that we're, we Partners. want to represent, <laughs> right? Like we get to choose who we work with. So that means you're you established because when you're choosing, that means you've landed. Yeah. That's the best, best position to be in. Right. And I guess, how do you, do you know of any like future social media platforms that you're seeing that are, you know, like obviously like TikTok literally just blew up during COVID. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot, a lot of that had to do with Banana bread. Uh, the form. Well, the former president trying to ban them. Right. I mean, that yeah. just that just, you know, put, you know, fuel to the fire. But w where are you where are you at with regards to um, like new coming down the pipeline that maybe, you know, obviously with mine, I, I'm heavily regulated. I, I can't. I got to disclose any social media that I have. It's just, it's so I'm just not on it except right. for like LinkedIn. What, what is for someone that's not in that space, what, what are some social media platforms that you're seeing that are starting to take on that you're kind of keeping an eye on? There, there is actually so many Brandon that, and there, and there's, they're different by age bucket and demographic. Right. right? And I mean, have you guys heard of Clubhouse? There's like a whole regime going on on Clubhouse. There, like, there's so there's so many. Um, Mickey's Clubhouse? And, no, it's um, it's just it's hard to know which is going to take off and which is going to be worth in, in, <coughs> investing in. Um, and my answer is always going to be the same. Um, don't get don't get clouded by that when you're when you're when you're thinking of investing in marketing and advertising for your business you can get very distracted very quickly. Um, right. It can be all consuming. So what's your industry? Where's your target market? What are your goals? This is all of that. And these are the two that we would recommend, right? Like that's, that's how we approach it. And where do you see, I guess, Facebook? Cause I know like just in the last quarterly results, I mean, they, they tumbled in, in April uh, because their, their users are dropping off. Um, 
where are you seeing, cause it's still a jug, it's still a massive juggernaut, right? So where are you seeing that platform going? Um, is it going to fall by the wayside? Like kind of like Snapchat. I mean, they just took a tumble, uh, yesterday or two days ago, their share price, because again, users are just falling off. I mean, there was a, a user handle of, was it Vine or something like that? That went under. So yeah. Right. Like, yeah, but there's some substantial differences between both and, and it's, it's really about how, how quickly an organization will change, right? Like Facebook is continuously evolving itself. They're going to continue to do that. It's, is it going to change? Yeah. Is it going to, is it going to disappear? Like, you know, MySpace? I no, I don't, I don't see that. Look at how much has been invested. Look at how much data (laughs) it's, it's going to evolve. Um, Facebook itself, as far as, you know, like traditional business pages and all that kind of stuff, people still, depending on the age bracket that they're in, if they're looking at doing business with a company, one of the first things that they'll do habitually is go and see if they have a Facebook page, because that gives them, you know, that trust validity. Does this company exist? How long have they been on the platform? You know, is it somebody that I'm willing to give my money for? Um, it, it is what it is. It's, it's just, it's different. Are your kids on it? Are people in the age of like 20 to 35 on it? It's getting a little dicey, um, but it's evolving. And they're also, right. it's also the same. It's also Facebook, Instagram, kind of a package deal, right? So they're dominating right. those two age demographic buckets and different styles from a social platform, but all integrated together. The organization's going to continue to evolve. They wouldn't hedge bets on it disappearing. And it's then I guess, organism, yeah. And I mean, they're getting into like the VR space, the, the AR space, the, the metaverse space. There's, there's, it's going to change from what you're used to, but it's not going anywhere. So let's hypothetically say I have a 12 year old son who's on Twitter, uh-huh. who then all of a sudden one day blew up to about 185,000 followers. 117. Of, sure. 117. Uh, so what portion of that would be bots or would be actual people? How would you, and I only say that from, and I, and I say that, you know, facetiously, but it to, to be as a father, like you're also concerned for their safety as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, that can be extremely uh, detrimental to mental health, uh, which we've talked about a couple episodes back. Um, how would you, how would someone be able to figure out like, how many are they, how, like, they legit, like, that sort of thing? Um, it, it really, it just, it kind of depends on the content. You'd kind of have to look at it to see. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it appears differently on different platforms, right? Like Twitter, I would say, if that's happening on Twitter, it's a little less likely than, let's say, Instagram or an IG live feed or, you know, anything in, in some of the other younger platforms like House Party and and. Snapchat, TikTok, you know, um, you you really just have to look at it. I mean, social media for a younger demographic is is absolutely terrifying. I have a 16-year-old and I have seen how social media, um, I mean, when I was a kid, I was excited if I got to do a three-way call with my girlfriends, you know. Um, These guys are, the the duplication of three-way calling with their friends is, you know, running like an IG live stream and they're all talking to each other while also chatting and you know you, there's some um keyboard bullying going on it's 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 just crazy right you just you have to monitor it and you have to look at it you can't tell unless you look at it 
Yeah. What's what's a key indicator then, Brandy? If you knew like this person's, you know, has nefarious intent, not necessarily nefarious, but like they're a bot or they're they're out there to be. There's a yeah. I guess they're they're nefarious actors. I guess I could say. Like what? How? What are the next steps? Like what could Jeff do? I guess. Not not a whole lot. Like. It's really, really I, I follow my son on Twitter and all that, and I pay attention. And I see yeah. sure. a lot of its interactions too with other people, which I monitor. I make sure I know what's going on for him. Yeah, you just oh, it's which is yeah, amazing. transparent conversation. Like yeah. I talk, I talk to Blake. You must all have had one time. really good video in there, right? Yeah, you just you know, are you having conversations with people that you know, like real life people, right? And yeah. with Blake anyway, um, you know, the Xbox <laughs> online gaming thing. Yeah. hit up quite a bit of those conversations in his earlier years because they were talking to people and playing games with people all over the world. And then that's just kind of duplicated itself on social channels. But it's just, you know, be careful about what information you share, right? And just understand that not everybody is who they appear to be. He used to be able to scrub, you know, if I would do like spot checks on, on his account, if there was no content on somebody's account, it'd be like, okay, well, that's probably a fake account. But now people in his age group are not putting any content on their Instagram pages or anything. They're literally just using it as like a live streaming chat tool. It's like they've duplicated some of the positives of Snapchat over to that platform. And it's a little bit harder to keep tabs on stuff. So it's just it's just conversation. You have to have conversations all the time. Yeah, you want to hear some nasty stuff, do online gaming like Call of Duty and stuff like that. After the match, when someone wins, the, the- it's intense the grossness that's spewed out of there, these young kids sometimes is just yep. like, Oh my gosh. Yep. It's because that we, we call them keyboard warriors, right? Nobody knows where they are and all that. It's, it's, yep. it's nasty. Yeah. You don't, well, when you don't have to be accountable. <laughs> you don't have to be accountable to what you say. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Cause you know, Robert is coming on the criminal lawyers coming on uh, like after. And, and one of the things that he, will touch on as well is like criminal activity over social media that, you know, he's been involved with, which is kind of interesting. And, and, and uh, like, what are, what is the recourse? Like what, right. what are your, re what, what's your so, path? Did you is? see what happened with Nazem Kadri after he ran the goalie? I did. His I did. Wife, yeah. His wife posted all yep. the nasty racist tweets that were out there and it had people's actual Twitter handle and all that. And, yeah, like, like I, you got to find these people out them and all that. Like, it's too much of yep. this, this, you know, this veil behind the, the the keyboard. You know, it's terrible. Like, there's pieces of garbage out there. It's it's disgusting. And I wish that that and, part would evolve faster than the technology oh, yeah. itself. Yeah. Well, we yeah. don't live in a world of accountability. We haven't no, we for do a not, while. Josh. We so. do not. It, it's no. unfortunate, and we really like to hold a lot of people accountable. That. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. Well, if everyone's masking their IP addresses and all that stuff. You don't know where they are. They know how to be nasty. They're doing it purposely. The racism out there on the, the keyboards is, it's brutal. Brutal. Mm -hmm. So that just tells you that we're still racist, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's still well, a good portion I, of the I think the worst part about it is it's the younger generation. Like, my, my kids go to school and all that, and they don't even look at color right now, like my 10-year-old and all that. But then you no. go online, and, like, the words that are used out there... And these are by little kids that you think would start to be moving against that now, right? But it's because one gets called the other and they start using them for the other things. It just, yeah. it's terrible. It, it it's is terrible. terrible. Scary. It's very scary. Well, it, yeah, it is. I mean, like I, I, I'm, you know, for example, my, my daughter, they, 
she just uh so just that just joined the class was a um a child from ukraine and you know she had there's a there's a language barrier uh obviously there's a language barrier for the mother as well and obviously she's sick she doesn't understand about the war in ukraine right now and it, but she does understand there's a war like she was told that um but you know and there are people you know uh of color as well from different ethnicities which i think is phenomenal um because that's that was not the case when i was growing up down down where i went to school that's for that's for sure um so that's amazing but it's still not at a level to what jeff is saying they're they're which is great i i see her to be desensitized but you know, it, it is amazing, though, what people want, will want to get away with on social media. And it's kind of disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to Jeff's point, what was said, you know, regardless, you know, Jeff and I are diehard Leaf fans. Um, you know, we were pretty so happy when Kadri got traded um, because of, I, you know. The, the, I wasn't happy. I want Kadri back. I love Kadri. Oh, yeah, I, I, I was. I take him back yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah, I. Uh, I was okay with him being traded and, you know, with regards, with regards to what happened in the playoffs, but, yeah. but he's a phenomenal player. I mean, like you can have an opinion on whether or not he's a good player or a bad player. That's totally fine. But th th those comments that were said to him and then to his wife were absolutely disgusting and disgraceful, despicable. Like it was insane. And there's no recourse. No. There's nothing. These people just get away with it and then they walk away. Right. So I can tell you how um, we would handle things up north. <laughs> well, if you can ever find them, right? Like that's the other thing too. They they could be anywhere. I always found them up north. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the I guess, and then I guess because I know you're you're on a tight timeline there, Brandy. Because I know you have an appointment at uh, noon. So we appreciate you squeezing us in today, which was really really nice of you. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, so in in. There was a trend at one point of, of connecting like an Instagram to your website or a Twitter, but you've advised, I mean, for us, for example, not to do that, not to go down that road because of what you described as what we're talking about right now. People can post whatever the heck they want. It can go on your website and it's next to impossible to take it down. So is that, you see that trend continuing and, and is that a, is that a wise suggestion? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it always goes back to industry. And, you know, like if, if you're a, let's say you're a retail um, business, and you're you have a very large buying community that's engaged on Instagram, then maybe that feed would make sense there. Um, something like that. But again, it just it really depends. But I wouldn't don't do it for the sake of doing it. We would we recommend against it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. What, what, now, in terms of your business, what are your aspirations, uh, Randy, on a go-forward basis? Oh, we've, we've I mean, you got... have so many balloons up in the air right now, and you're doing very well with, with the ones that I, I'm aware of. So, oh, Well, I, I appreciate that, Josh. We have, we have a lot of fun, but, and I know that we're very, very known now for our media um, component, but Ro and I have been working in the back end uh, on the tech side. We are, we are tech girls at heart. So um, you guys are going to start to see a lot more of that come to fruition over, over the next couple of months in regards to app development and software innovations and some of that kind of stuff. Um, I can't say too much about no it teasers? right now, but no, no teasers, teasers no teasers, <laughs> okay. very, very exciting. But 
that's essentially where the future is looking for us as it should. So media and marketing will always be a big part of what we do, but that's where we're at in the, in the back end when you can't see us. That's awesome. That's great. That means we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, I'll come back anytime. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you. That's absolutely amazing. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to, to come on. And um, now that we're on the, uh, the Dean Blundell network, uh, we'd love to have, well, when, when you do, when, when's the estimated launch or that you are doing that you can't tell us about now, but when, when approximately is that happening? We're, we're hoping we're hoping for some really exciting stuff to be a little bit more public in the fall, but I will keep you yeah. updated for sure. You should yeah, launch keep, it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I hear I hear the talk tech is really a good I, good platform to do. I hear it's good. Yeah. Or you can launch it on here. Right? Yeah. Hey, there you go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, stepping up. <laughs> Exclusive updates. <laughs> Well, uh, Brandy, nice. we really appreciate you coming on. So, uh, give our love to Ro as well. Thanks very much. Uh, you guys are doing great work, and we're pretty pumped um, on what you guys are doing. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's lovely to see everybody. And Trevor, it's awesome to see you not having to do all of the, the things. <laughs> so, <laughs> good He's stuff. relieved, nice too. To right? And engage in conversation. Um, but, yeah, see you guys again soon, and I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Brandy. Take care. All right. Trying to make my son look like it's just bots on there, eh? You're just taking the the wind out of his sails, Curry. I saw that. Basically, saying, listen. There's uh, Elon Musk's tweet about five to ten percent he thinks is estimated to be bots on Twitter right now, which is why he's back and potentially backing out of the Twitter deal. Um, They say they say it could be high as twenty percent. So that's just. no, but literally though, 117,000 people, like he doesn't know 117,000 people, right? He's 12. Yeah. So just, you know, uh, I'm thinking about that because I know there'll come a day that Hartley will want to go on some sort of social media platform. And what the heck am I going to do? Well, it's right? interesting because last night we had the conversation about the the shooting in Texas and all that. And he sees yeah. all that stuff on Twitter. So it's, it brings some really deep conversations to me and my son. We were talking about that last night before we went to bed. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, let my it's, kids it's, on any of them. <laughs> I, got you know, I, I don't want I don't want to shield them from everything at twelve now because they talk about it at school anyway. So I'd rather have that conversation head on with them. And I asked him straight out, "What do you think? Should should we have a gun to protect ourselves?" And he said, "Yes, in the house." And I was like, "Okay." And then I really I gave him my my point of view from it, and then he kind of agreed with me. So if I didn't talk with him, then he would might have the other kind of point of view, right? So it's. It's interesting. And did you see that it, what happened in Toronto yesterday too? There was a, a gunman with a rifle who's 18 years old walking down the street. Yeah. Where yeah. They caught school? him. They shot him. Yeah. They got him. Um, it's it's waste just time. insanity right now. It's absolutely didn't take an hour to get right in there now. either. Well, that's the um, conversation because it's, you know, Call of Duty games and stuff like that. They all play it. They all play it. Bloody hell. You tell me your kids in a school where there's a shooter for an hour. 45 minutes. How the it fuck took them are you to get there. Hold me back? Did you watch the videos on Twitter about the parents trying to get in there saying they want to rush it and the cops wouldn't let them go in? No. Oh, how would, how would you hold me back or any of us back from our kids being in there? Not and a then you, can you imagine the cop having to shoot the parent trying to go in there to rescue his kid? Like, oh my God, you would have riots cop, everywhere. I didn't I didn't hear that. A cop shot a parent? No, no, can you imagine if they did because they're saying don't oh. go in there. So so <laughs> no, why no. would oh. you gotta think why would the parents be able to be held back? If my kid is in that thing 
you better oh. shoot me dead before I get in there to try to save yep. my kid. I'm the same way. So I don't, I don't get that. Like you watch it 45. I think Dean had it on his Twitter account yesterday. I was watching it. He did. And he showed the yeah. video of it. And I was like, Oh my God. And, and my, like my friends have kids in the States and they get schooled in school of what to do when a shooter comes in. They're taught this yeah. in their class. And they're in their, their actual, their solution to the problem all over. Uh, we won't say this, you know, the station or anything, but there's a certain station uh, that uh, down in the U S that um, is their solution is to put uh, is to arm the teachers and to put armed, uh, retired, you know, U.S. military and police officers in every single school, um, and one of them, one of the uh, with with AK sevens or oh yeah, with with yeah with AK forty sevens, semi-automatic machine guns too, AR fifteens, yeah. Maybe the principal gets a bazooka just in case if they really got to go down. Just in case, how about a grenade? Yeah, just uh, you know, launch them with grenades. Something but, funny you know, about when, that. Is you actually have um, Ted Cruz, (laughs) Senator Ted Cruz, the other day, and and a lot of Republicans are are using the same talking point that it's these back doors. It's these back doors. He's in Texas. Um, Okay. Yeah. So it's the the schools need to lock the back doors. They need one entrance in and out of the school. They need an an armed guard officer there. To, yeah, absolutely. fire hazards, all that other sort of stuff. But there's so many Republicans that are actually talking about that right now as it's not gun reform that we need. It's we People need reform. Yeah, we need we need to do this. And and the real funny part is there's a lot of the more center or left uh, uh, leaning media outlets that are saying, have you forgotten about Sandy Hook Elementary School? Yeah, the yeah. shooter shot the guard at the front door yep. and made their way in or how about the one in florida the one in florida <laughs> i forget the city right now because there's just been literally there's been so many um but there was an armed guard parkdale thanks thank you robert who will Rob, we, yeah. we, we, 20, 29 school shootings in the state so far this year already 29 wow. yeah insane. there was a there was an armed guard Actually, you know what? He's 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 chirping me right now. So let's bring on Rob. Rookie, can you bring in Rob? Yay! Hey, sir. How we doing, boys? I'm in my golf shirt because I got rained out this morning. Oof. Oh yeah. Well, like, well, I think I, I joined SCGC, St. Catharines Golf Country Club, and like. Oh, you did. Where did you join? Uh, last fall. Because oh, it was cheaper. I was I turned 34 last October. And it was it went up as soon as you turned thirty four. So like a couple of days before my thirty fourth birthday, I was like, yeah, "I'll just pull the trigger on this." Mind, mind the pun. I know what we're talking about here. Um, Looks but, like yeah. you're sporting yeah. a nice collie shirt there. That's nice. I, that's, Little product placement. Yeah, absolutely. That's for uh, for the guy next door. He, if you don't promote the cartel, he'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he gets kind of he gets kind of antsy, right? Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll put it out there. No, he, he didn't ask before. I just threw this on this morning because I was late for the. It, I was late for. I couldn't even get on the range this morning. Um, I like it. Cully's a good buddy. So you've been uh, again, uh, Rob. Um, to because we're now on. Uh, Walt, he, he's your buddy. He's um, you're good. You you know Dean Blendell as well. You've done some uh, like I, I've seen some of your articles on DeanBlendell.com. You've you've written. 
um, very well written articles. Uh, and I'm not saying like I, I'm like I'm shocked. Oh my god! But no, but like they were very well. <laughs> yeah, but no, but the thing is, is I, I just when someone has the ability, uh, especially in law, uh, you know, uh, to in criminal law specifically on a couple of the things that you've written about um, to explain it where was, you know, you, you walked that fine line. So tell our viewers and our listeners um, uh, again, just remind them um, it's been a while since you've been on. So. Yeah. I think I was sitting at the kitchen table last time because we were in a, yet a, one of the, I think dozen shutdowns that we had. Um, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you no, may have uh, had more hair too. Yeah. Oh, so thanks, bud. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I just got this lid tr trimmed again. Uh, but yeah, you're you're probably right. I'm 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 losing it as we speak. Um, no, uh, sort of. I mean, I'm more a litigator. For the COVID, but Rob, but <laughs> yeah, I'm um I'm a litigator by trade. Um, you know, I I've done. I started out doing corporate commercial. Um, and and no offense, Mr. Bond or or you know Bond, but uh, it's just doesn't. Yeah, Josh do it is for good. Me. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, and I've, I've always liked to be the guy on his feet and I've always liked to be moving around and, and sort of getting in and out of court. Because um, court, whatever you want to say, it, it can be frustrating, it can be long, it can be um, at times arbitrary and idiosyncratic, but it, it it's great theater. And um, some great stuff goes on there and, and it, it, it's a way to sort of, um, you know, it speaks to my abilities and, and also my personality. And I, I honed on that pretty early on in my career that I, I wanted to do litigation generally. So I, I, my practice is probably about at this point, about 60% cram. A year ago, it was probably about 85% cram. And, and they just doubled what you can claim in, or it just great drastically increased what you can claim in small claims court. So I'm doing a lot of small claims court stuff. Um, Would they bump it to Rob? 35? Um, it's $35,000, what you can claim in small claims, hmm. which has, that's a game changer. Um, because and before, it was 25, right? It was 25, and that's, so it, they call it the nuisance cost of litigation, right? Um, what, what's your nuisance cost of hiring a lawyer? You know, like, at what point are you going to say, screw it, hand it to a lawyer, right? And so when, when you're claiming the full 35, you'll pay a guy 7,500 to take care of it for you likely because the gains from trade are there. Did so they it's, change it's, the, uh, the rules on costs? Cause I think there was only a max thousand dollar cost award uh, before. I don't know if they, did they change that at all? Uh, Rob? No, it, the costs again, costs have been, have not been altered, but it's $35,000 now. And it's even for your, for you guys down there at Flipicario, like that's a, it's a great little Avenue to get into because it's, you know, um, it's a half day at most, um, often. And I mean, I, I mean this in a nice way, but often you're going up against a self rep. So somebody who's not a lawyer. Um, so it, it, you know, it's not, not very high level if, and I'm trying to be nice about that, but that's, um, you know, you're, it's like beating up and, and I had a, a, um, a colleague say to me, he's like, it's like beating up somebody's little brother. Um, and <laughs> I know it's a family podcast, so I'm tempering the. I'm, I'm oh, no, no, go right ahead. It's Dean Blundell now. We can go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the Dean Blundell network. Yeah, anything goes now. Um, but yeah, and, and so that's take that's greatly increased. And then I have a, a little bit of your, I'd say 10% is probably your, your larger civil litigation files, but those again, um, 
I'm not, uh, I'm not scaled up for those massive files. And quite frankly, I'm not interested in being scaled up. I have like my assistant who works remote. And then, you know, I have, I have uh, an articling student who again works remote because I think I, Josh, you might, you might, the law society kind of told us that we have to let them out or we have, we have to kind of let them work remote. Um, it's always an accommodation thing, right? Yeah. We didn't have a choice. Whereas I'm like, call me, call me a fossil or old school, but like I, I articled in Toronto where it was like, you get your butt in the seat and you, you keep your door open so people can see that you're there, you know? That was the, I, I articled I, on base, so I mean it was, yeah, it was more about FaceTime than the, you know, FaceTime being how much you're in the office versus the work yeah. that you put out, right? I was, um, yeah, I was at Bennett Jones, so oh, okay, um, nice, yeah. good tax. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, well, no, yeah, they have a great tax group. I didn't, I didn't really. That's very heavy work, so I didn't. Even when I was a student, they didn't. You're not doing tax work as because that's pretty. They're the they're the really smart lawyers. The rest of us just kind of that's the corporate side. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> tax lawyers um, are kind of made. So here's the yeah right. Um, here's the question that we were just talking about with Brandy. Um, in from a criminal perspective, if you can get you know, and then I'll let you and Bondo kind of geek out over this because, um. <laughs> Like what, what do you do if, okay, now, uh, and again, being facetious, but being serious at the same time with Jeff's son, right? He's got 195,000 followers. Crushing my son. Hey, it's, he's going to hate 250, you. 250,000 followers, whatever. I'm jealous. But I like the number keeps going up. Yeah. It's just, we're just going to, you know, keep doing it. Um, I have like 300 no, followers. No. Could have 120,000. Um, it's crazy. It blew up over a week. Over the last week, you got 120,000. And he's very jealous yeah. and mad. He's like a sub. I'm not even on Twitter. I don't care. Um, but no, but in all seriousness, like how, what is the recourse criminally, you know, when it's something like Nazem Kadri? Okay, you can love him or hate him as a, a hockey player, whatever. Don't love care. Him. But what do you do? Like, what's the well, recourse? Where's the law? I saw some. Stuff. That, that's hate speech. Some of that stuff, uh, you know, there's a big, big case. Um, and this, this, you know, you're, you're talking about freedom of speech here, which is, this is, this is pretty important. Again, I'm a charter guy, right? So, you know, um, I've actually got a case that's going to the court of appeal right now where I brought a challenge to the police search of, uh, there was a case from the Supreme court, uh, Regina, the queen V Reeve, um, where the, they, I, and you might remember this bond, they, um, the Supreme Court will do this, they'll identify an issue and then say, we'll decide that issue when we have a, a case that turns on that set of facts. It's kind of a bit of a cop out, I've always thought, but um, they, uh, so this, they, they said, can a co-tenant to a residence um, consent to the search, consent to the search of the residence by police? You know, and so they identified this issue and I've got a case that turns on that where, you know, um, <laughs> I love the backwards chirps going on and <laughs> yeah. giving it to each other. Oh, you can see um, that too. Oh yeah. I, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, it's a life. Anybody. Yeah. Soon. If you have a Harry Potter room in your house, that's okay. I'm not letting you get away with that one, pal. I don't two care of them, dude. I got two on. girls. I didn't know anyone could see <laughs> the private chat. I thought it was I, just us. That's <laughs> no excuse. That's no excuse. But anyway. Um, Do you have any kids? 
No, I did no, so thankfully. Then you don't understand about. an excuse. None, you know <laughs> <laughs> None that I know about. Um guys, show got under a, 18. Say hey Dan. Yeah. Back child support plus interest. But um the uh, <laughs> the um so they the this the fact scenario is the kids are on the front porch, dad's in the cruiser wearing the bracelets. Dad owns the house. The cops go to the front door. Um, can we have a poke around? And just as an aside, gentlemen, if the police ever show up and say, can we have a poke around? Nothing good comes from that. Okay. Nothing good. The answer is get a warrant. That's, yeah, have a warrant. that's the answer. So, okay. So before we go, I just want to, my, my only worry for that, cause I've thought about it. Okay. Um, is, uh, how do you, would that then raise suspicion? No, it doesn't. The, you can't. the The notion of um, have you ever, anybody seen the movie Town with John Hamm, um, Ben Affleck? Uh, it's about Charlestown and Boston and bank robbers. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. so there's a line in there where where um, you know John Hamm says to sort of one of the main protagonists, he goes, "Well, anybody that lawyers up is guilty." That's not the truth. You have the right to instruct and retain counsel. You have these are these are inalienable rights that just because you say I want to speak to a lawyer, that doesn't mean that you're guilty. That just means that you're exercising your charter rights, which is okay. and those are your rights like this. this These are fundamental. Right. And they're, they're for all of us. They're for the best of us and the very worst of us. And it applies equally. You know, um, it applies to the, you know, uh, you know, God helped them, but the guys living under the bridge and it applies to all of us, right? Like right Thank the way you, through Trudeau the back to the mayor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Trudeau's lucky that it applies to him, I think. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> was his old man that brought it in though in 82, right? The charter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was enshrined in the constitution in 1982 um, or entrenched as it were. That's the, the phrase they use. But yeah. So as, and I say that's, those kids don't have the authority to consent to that search. And so now we're going to the Ontario court of appeal and, and now it's, it's beyond the, it, this was, uh, I'm not going to say the jurisdiction cause then maybe you can hammer it down, but with the way the crown's office works is, so you have that crown office handles the first set at the superior court. And then from there it goes to 725 Bay street. There's like, and this is like, this is like the brain trust of the crown attorney's office or the Ministry of Attorney General. This is where you get your, your real heady, um, you get your real, uh, um, like you get your real heady uh, lawyers, the, your, your eggheads, right? Um, the smart ones. Um, the smart so lawyers. Was, yeah, the, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm a street lawyer, man. That's oh. like what I am. Um, I don't pretend to be, you know, the, the I'm not gonna reinvent the wheel. You know, and, and, and that's fine. But um, you're being so, humble. You articled that Bennett Jones. So you have to have some academia behind you. <laughs> yeah. I just, well, I just didn't leave the library first year. That's all. Um, <laughs> that's really all. That's really all. Like, I just I knew, like, as you well know, you get to law school and it's like you have no idea what you're doing. But those are the grades that actually matter. The first year <laughs> ones, the rest of them don't really matter, you know, unless if oh, you're really? lucky enough, unless, if you're lucky enough to get a job early on. It, which is the good jobs, which you articled on Bay Street. So you probably, where were you? Like McCarthy's or? Uh, Heenan Blakey, the former Heenan Blakey. Oh, the fo- oh, the fo- it was, was that your fault or what? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <it all> <laughs> Did you bring that down? Yeah, yeah. 
I actually helped clear out the heating when I was interning at Assembly First Nations in Ottawa. I actually helped clear out the Heenan Blakey office, and I remember seeing Jean Chrétien's uh, the name right because Chrétien was at uh, Heenan Blakey, and I remember seeing. I did his... a project with Chrétien whether we should, yeah. whether he should endorse Conrad Black. we told him let's not go there um (laughs) but uh yeah no and and, and so i say that search was illegal and so now now we're kind of getting a boot fight but it's it's going to the ontario court of appeal um and i've reached out for help with with that's the one thing about the defense bar everybody when you've got a case like that and I've, I've argued a case to the court of appeal before, but it was a, a frivolous sentence appeal where it was an absolute bloodbath. Like it didn't go very well for us. And I think they were just sending me in to kind of earn my stripes a bit. Um, right. And, uh, but yeah, like I will, um, I've reached out to other members of the, of the bar and they're all, everybody's really willing to help out. Cause I, I have no idea how to draft a factum to the Ontario court of appeal. No idea. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of help there. And, and that's the one thing about the defense bar. Everybody or most people are, are willing to help each other out because there's a lot of lone wolves at the defense bar. Right. Like it's, it's a, there's a lot of, a lot of guys are kind of just go out on their own. Right. I think it's a certain personality type lends itself to criminal law. So then that was based on like, you know, the whole, you know, the charter the charter piece. So, I mean, like that is hate speech, you know, going back to the original, I guess Um, you're saying that that's hate speech, but then, but what is someone's recourse? How do you sue a Twitter handle? How do you Uh, criminally charge a Twitter handle? Hate, hate speech becomes, well, you can, you can isolate, you'd be amazed, Curry. You you can, you know, isolate uh, where someone is. You can, I like just based on their, you know, you have to go through Twitter and Twitter's notoriously mercurial, mercurial when it comes to this kind of stuff, but you can get it out of them. You can get like Snapchat, Twitter, you can find IP addresses. You can, it, it's not, I mean, governments do it all the time and hate speech is actually criminal. Like it's not, we're not talking about a civil liability here. Civil action is much lower than the actual hate speech in terms of the criminal code of Canada. Okay. Um, like walk us through that the it's basically um you know you can sue nazim kadri could sue them for intentional infliction of mental suffering hmm. okay and that's his, his, wife too, his wife too exactly they're going after his wife his daughter like i mean that's yeah i'm lawyering up if i'm him but then again this these sort of keyboard heroes likely don't have two pennies to rub together hmm. but then what do you and, do and one, like for example, what do you do when they're in another country? Like, is there like, how do you like, right? Like, you then you get into forum the selection. Problem you, get in, you get into forum selection. Like, look, um, Pat Quinn and, and Brian Burke when they brought in Pavel Bure. I don't know if you've heard the story. They deliberately picked Michigan because it had favorable case law to what um, to to nullifying contracts signed by underage parties, which Pavel Bure was underage when he signed. Uh, hmm. with um, with uh, the Red Army team in Moscow. So they had a they they had favorable case law for that. So what you do is you, you pick your jurisdiction. These guys were likely in Missouri. They sure sound like it. Um, the guys who sent uh, those those messages to Nazim and his wife. Um, yeah. So so you you pick your forum, right? And you so you have to find a lawyer who's called to the bar in Missouri. 
And you can still get standing. Like I can appear in court as a lawyer in Missouri, as long as I have somebody who's accredited by the Missouri State Bar Association with me. Like, so what uh, you're saying, if, if uh, Nazem Kadri is listening right now, which he should be. I don't know why. I'm he sure he is. I'm sure he is. He hasn't like, called he me in a while, while, but like, you know, but he like, Nazem, how about you reach out to Rob? He will represent you and, you know, defend you or sue. I'm, I'm dealing with LeBron James a lot right now, but like, I mean, I might be able to find time. But you'll, but you'll, squeeze, you'll squeeze Nazem in. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. yeah. I, I think I could find time. That's perfect. Sorry, I had a question for you. I apologize. My audio's uh, not very working very well, and you're coming across choppy. So if you address this, I, I apologize. Trust me, I'm extremely annoyed, and I don't like being annoyed. Um, when, <laughs> you can see that, yeah. <laughs> when Curry referred, referred to us geeking out, I think what he was alluding to was us speaking intelligently. Uh, lawyer speak. I think that's what he's referring to, but I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) When when uh, when I geek out about financial stuff, that's what I mean when I talk markets and stuff. That. Oh, okay. Um, That little language that we speak is the only reason why people pay us to do what we do. Yeah. Like, because they don't know what we're talking about. It's that voodoo that we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. We try to avoid that, though, right? Because, I mean, obviously, we just make sure that the clients and our listeners understand. Thank you. Thank you. Um, when, when you were speaking about, uh, I guess, the individual coming, the search warrant or the admission into the property and the child um, granting access to the property, uh, was the child an owner of the property? And, this and is did it hinder on part. This is, and you'll know about this bond. Um, there's a 1% yeah. right of survivorship with one of the kids which is a great tax planning, which, I mean, you guys all know, but that's a great tax planning you, you, with your spouse. You do a 1% right of survivorship. Actual, I so think that it's a just, terrible tax. You think so? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I, again, I apologize. My audio is off. So I, again, I, I don't mean to be rude if I'm cutting you off at all. No, yeah, no, it's quite all right. Potter microphone, buddy. Maybe if you get like a big boy one. <laughs> well, I think we'll, we'll put it in for Diener to get one of his sponsors to send you um, one of these blues. I got one over here. It's a decent nice. Yeti? You got a Yeti? Got a great one. Yeah, I got, I got a Yeti. Yeah. But no, so essentially from a, from an estate planning perspective, the 1%, 99% is absolutely terrible because is should it? the 99% um, individual pass away, then you've got to probate the estate. So the proper way to do it is to put them on as joint tenants and do a bearer trust agreement behind the scenes that really says that it's the, the individual's, the owner, the other one's just a trustee. Okay, so but, I'm gonna, I'm yes. gonna, that's, yeah, that's, see, I didn't, I just, that's stuff that I picked up sort of in a states class in law school. And then, so this, I mean, Bondo does this stuff, obviously, right? So there's a, there was a, a 1% right of survivorship on the property. Does that equate to ownership? I'm saying no. So that the factum had to take that avenue as well. So I actually had to talk to a couple real estate guys about no. what does this mean? Give me the, you know, can you help me out with this? Cause I'm, I'm not a property lawyer, you know? So, but yeah. I knew the crown because this is the brain trust of the ministry of the attorney general. I knew that they were going to attack that Avenue. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so the I 1% had to trustee, right, Rob? Um, no, it, it's the, the, one of the children, I have to, again, this is an ongoing appeal, appeal matter. I wanted the superior court by the way. Um, so, nice. uh, they and the crown's appealing because this is a you know they have to appeal and and i spoke to the and it's actually you think it's contentious it's not i'm actually we have very 
frank yet pleasant conversations. Um, yeah, just, it's a question but, of law, right? Yeah. And we're actually all interested to see how this plays out. There's mm -hmm. a bit of that gamesmanship and, and there's a bit of that sort of you're going against them and all that kind of stuff for sure. But because, you know, we're all competitive to a point, but we're actually, it's actually quite a lot more civilized than the civil stuff that I do. The civil stuff that I do is nasty emails back and forth and like um, a lot of that. Uh, but they, it's, it's a question of law that we're all interested to see how it plays out. Um, but the Crown's arguing that amounts to ownership. I think we all know where that, that's going to go because it, the, the, the person with the 1% right of survivorship, they can't make, they can't mortgage the property. They no, can't, can't. Uh, they, they can't pure, do, you're they can't 100% even... right. That, that's purely a tax planning strategy that has nothing to do with ownership. That person has no say on the property whatsoever. And, and how old's the child? It, how old's the kid? It, it, uh, an, an adult within the meaning of the okay. law. Okay. So he's, he's over 18, he's, right? He's over, he's over 18. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, but, and, and that's, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and we'll see how it plays. And they, they've all said, they're like, either way, this has to go up to Ottawa, which yeah. is... Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. That's, is, they're it's, trustees, uh, that, right? At the 1%, they're a trustee. They're just holding titles so that they can... Uh... But this isn't necessarily just a Section 8 of the Charter case, which protects you from a, a, a unreasonable search or seizure. This is now also a property law case. This is now yep. a trust case. This is now a... So this, yep. it, it just got way bigger. And so I'm now talking to, I mean, I might hit you up, Bondo. Like, I'm now yeah, talking yeah, 100%. to, you know, because it, it is going to Ottawa. It has to. Um, yeah, that's wicked. So it's going to be it, heard on appeal then? It, well, it's they've been granted leave to appeal at the Ontario Court of Appeal. So we're going there, that for sure. Um, so far as criminal law goes, it's interesting because the Ontario Court of Appeal is seen as the uh, and that and the British Columbia Court of Appeal are seen as the criminal law appellate courts in the country. They have the best judges for it, um, and they come out with the best decisions, and they're seen as quite authoritative. Um, and the Supreme Court is very deferential to the Ontario Court of Appeal and the British Columbia Court of Appeal just because of the level of expertise of the judges. Um, but again, this now touches trusts. This now touches property. This now touches even aspects of family law. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it, it will, this thing just got big. And yeah, all this interesting. It all started that's from, I got a call at two in the morning. My dad's in jail. Like, <laughs> and now we're here, you know? You definitely get the interesting calls, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, last night was, um, well, Thursday through Saturday evening, like Thursday night through Saturday night, that's the witching hour. That's the, you know, that's your... 1 a.m. They kind of start and they go till about mm -hmm. four. Um, you know, talking to drunk people is great. You know, that's that's a great. It's like having kids almost. I get. I, that's what I would equate to having kids. You know, very learn, teaches you patience. Um, I don't know how you do it, man. That's crazy. Well, they, well, I get paid. You lose money having kids, but I yeah. So yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true. And you get Harry kids. Potter rooms. Yeah, yeah. Kids are, uh, yeah, kids are very expensive. That's, I, I talk to my sisters about this and they, they tell me stuff about, I'm like a crib is 2,500 bucks. Like, Oh yeah, man. Like it is like, like I literally like I, I throw up every time. I mean, my, I've got a great daycare provider. Don't get me wrong. Um, 
uh, and they're amazing. And I'm so blessed that I actually found a spot, but the amount of money in a year, I think one year when both kids were simultaneously at daycare for about nine months, I think that bill yeah. in Niagara came to, uh, 18,000, 17,000 that I, that I yeah. spent. And, and, and you can't I've got a client. Like you no, got I've got a client. Room. Well, I and I I've got a client. That's an unlicensed daycare, which is fairly. That just means that they're not re registered with the the the. Um, they're not registered with the, the body down here, so no, right? So that's no it. supervisors it, with guns or anything. Yeah. yeah. No. No. So, firearm. Did you guys see Steve Kerr's uh, press conference? Oh, yeah. That was about as powerful as it gets. Yeah. And, and he's been through some stuff too. That his dad was the head of the American University in Beirut, and he was shot at his desk by a, like a jihadi. Oh. Like he's he's been through some stuff. That guy. He was pretty anyway, sick in there too as of late. Eh? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look like he was doing too well there for a bit. Well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things though. Like I've got a client up in up in uh, Toronto. She pays hundred and twenty dollars a day for daycare. One child one that's child well my sister uh my sister she and she's like an executive at a tech company like she's not you know she's not answering the phones you know what i mean and she um she based and my, my brother-in-law just very well i don't exactly know what he does i know he works in pickering the nuclear power plant and i know he like goes in the reactor like like you couldn't pay me enough to do that like he goes in um and actually I'm, everybody has a price looking for like, superpowers is what he's doing yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Crazy. But she was telling me, and she makes good coins. She's like, basically, I work to keep our three kids in daycare. That's it. Like, and she makes good money. Yep. Like, she's got like an so, adult job on paper. It looks great money. That cause she's like, I work to keep our kids in daycare. That's it. Like, so I know, I know you have a hard, like you have a pretty hard stop. So I, um, it's always interesting when we have you on, like, you, um, but what is happening now that you're seeing coming down the pipeline from a criminal law per, you know, perspective that is that you think is going to turn heads or, um, you know, be beneficial or be detrimental? Like, what are you seeing right now? We're still on the, the up curve of Me Too. We're still on the up. It hasn't it hasn't even be it's not even close to leveling out like hasn't we're still going up. Like, uh, you know, I'm still seeing a lot of historical sexual assaults, um, you know, things that happen. Like, I still have one ongoing from 1981. Wow. Like, six wow. years before I was born. Um, you know, that this allegedly took place, right? I mean, and, and you know, here's the thing is that, like... Men got away with this crap since time mm -hmm. immemorial, you yep. know, and I, I have a, I have a buddy of mine who's a welder and, and like, you know, I mean, this in a nice way, but you, you'd think he's a lunch bucket, but he's not right. Like he, um, he, one of the most poignant things he say, like I was whining about it cause I was just seeing, you know, historical after historical after historical kind of coming through my office and it's, it's good money and, and, and I do well right. out of it, but they're tough cases, man. Um, oh fuck. I and, couldn't do it. Excuse my yeah. language. No, it's they're tough. To, it's no, don't. Hey, dude, like, like the things that you'll hear in my office, like it's don't, don't worry. But like, mm. they're tough, tough cases, and it's like, 
you know, mm. we're still on the up. And, and my buddy says to me, he goes, you know, Rob, and he's a welder, so he knows all about metal. He goes, you know, if, if metal's bent one way, sometimes you got to bend it back a bit farther than center to get it straight. If you know what I'm right. saying. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pendulum so we, need to, we need the pendulum needs to swing far one other way in order to kind of get equilibrium back into society, right? Is what you're basically saying. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, you know, they're tough cases. And, and I, you know, the, the way the law is being interpreted now, I don't necessarily agree with. You're seeing judges kind of twist themselves up so as not to grant, um, let's say, a 276 application, which is you want to cross examine a complainant on their prior sexual history. Because the, the, the defense bar's play used to be you go up to the yeah. stand, you yeah. say she wanted it, and call her a slut. Like that was, yeah. that was, and I, I disagree with that. I want to couch that. I don't want to get like drawn and quartered in the middle of St. Paul Street, uh, just for saying that. But well, just because you know, she's used, a slut, it doesn't mean she consented, right? There you go. And, and so you have, if you want to, if I want to cross examine a complainant on her prior sexual history, even within a marriage, I have to bring a section 276 application and be granted leave. And even if you are granted leave, it's a, you're walking a tightrope there. Um, and it's a very fine line what you're doing. And that's just the way the law is being interpreted. Um, it's just the way uh, the, the, the law is being interpreted to, uh, you know, and when you're watching judges twist themselves up so as not to grant these applications. Um, I, and, and so like, I guess, you know, I, I had, I, you know, I had a question someone asked me, you know, a while ago, uh, you know, why aren't I running for politics? Right. I mean, there's many reasons why I don't want to run and I want nothing to do with it. Right. Like there's the You're obvious ones, but there's also, yeah, yeah. you'll be the mayor one. Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, this is, yeah, and then exactly. he's going to hit us all up for like buying a table or whatever. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. But I see in all honesty, right? I said, like, the, now with social media, and, you know, we talked about this, you know, uh, with the 250,000 followers that uh, Jeff's son has, you know. Um, but <laughs> just um, he's going to start chirping you on Twitter and you're done. I know. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter. It's your mayor career is over. I don't think you are yeah. running for Paul. He's going to carve you on Twitter and you're done. Yeah, yeah I like know. <laughs> But in all seriousness, what is stopping, like, I just said, like, I'm just seeing what's coming down the pipeline with, with, you know, there was a liberal candidate, for example. Okay. Uh, it was just uh, out in, down in Windsor area. Um, I'm getting Chatham Kent, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one, the first liberal candidate running in the provincial election got disqualified by the party because of a homophobic slur. This guy <laughs> said when he was 13. Like on social media, then, then I'm, then I might as well just never leave my house again. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it's getting, this is what I'm, this is what I'm whining about now is that it's getting absurd. You know, you're seeing people who like Kevin Hart, not with the, I mean, maybe some of the stuff he said was not okay. And it was a lot more yeah. recent, but it was before all this stuff piled off and before the, the education and, you know, calling a guy the F word, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get absolutely just, I don't want right. to get disbarred before the, 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 you know, the, the podcast is over, but um, calling a guy like that word was standard play 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like I played yeah. hockey growing up. I wasn't any good, yeah. but you yeah. know, 
that was a, a you thing. don't agree with like no but for the record we don't agree or condone it but it was it it happened it, and, and i'm oh absolutely the word is disgusting and it, it's it's indicative of, of sort of the hardships that that community has faced for for, for generations um and continues to face um you know and, and, and i come and i I profusely apologize if I ever offended anybody in, by using that. Like I, I'm not that man today, but I grew up, you know, playing hockey, and I, I and that was okay up until 15 years ago. Have you seen the right. new show Shorzy yet, Rob? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's um, that shows hockey I, growing I, up up north. Eh? <laughs> I have a buddy who lives up in Sudbury, and he's like, dude, you have no idea how true this is. Like, <laughs> yeah, can, it's awesome. Yeah. Show. He's like, you have no idea how how true this is. Like, they're bang on, eh? You that's from the uh, that's that's from the makers of Letter Kenny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys Letter Kenny. He, he's a great writer. He's phenomenal. He's uh, he's very talented. Uh, uh, Jared Kelso. Jared Kelso is his name. Good, great shows. Yeah, four Tim check back check three, paycheck. Three hours right? north of there. Three hours <laughs> north of there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets um, up there. No, the um, I actually had a. I've actually done some work up there. Um, in Timmins, there's no. I yeah, I've I've been to Timmins. Um, I've been to. It, actually, I, I do a lot of work for um, truckers, because if those guys get so much as a, a thirty over, you're uninsurable now. Yeah. If you drive commercial right. truck and you get a thirty over, like you're uninsurable. Yeah. Like again, the gains for your nuisance cost of hiring a lawyer, your livelihoods on the line. I used to have now, some good what, trucker clients what, up there as well. They were uh, they were fighting because of uh, they were uh, they were haulers, right? So they were big haulers, so they'd haul yeah. the transports out, and uh, oh. some pretty interesting stuff going on up there. Yeah, um, I, I remember flying up to uh, where did I fly up to? Uh, two hours south of uh, Timmins, and then you drive on the highway, and it's all snow. Like the the highway is just snow. like Moosonee or. <laughs> It was two hours south of Tim. And so in, uh, my, I had a trial in Hailebury. Um, Hailebury? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and that's what I miss about COVID or that's what I miss about pre-COVID was I used to go to all these small towns in Ontario, Goderich, Walkerton, um, yeah. sort of you see small town Ontario, like the real backbone kind of thing. And you don't really get to do that anymore. Um, I used to know where the good breakfast spot was in Walkerton. And I, you know, I used to know where the good breakfast spot was in uh, Halliburry or wherever, or in Kenora. And, and you know, I, I, I've been up to these places just because I had work up there. Right. And if the client will pay to fly you up there, they'll pay to fly you up there. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a, an interesting time. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not driving all over hell's half acre anymore, hmm. but um I'm, it was it was actually it was kind of cool to go to you know Simcoe even I, there's a big superior court in Simcoe. I don't know if people knew this. No, that's crazy. And these when, these when? small jurisdictions have these beautiful courthouses too. Um, the old ones, ornate and very kind of like crown molding, and the jury rooms are beautiful. Whereas the the and like the stained glass and like whereas now because the Supreme court has been very clear that you can't have cameras in the courtroom, except at the Supreme court, all the, the new courthouses, like even in St. Catharines here, which isn't even that new, but it fate, all the courtrooms face in and there's no windows. Oh, hmm. cool. They're not really. They're, they're, they're kind of dark and depressing. The new courthouse. Oh, I, I, well, like a jail cell. Just goes to, 
Well, that just goes to show you that, uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I think Curry was I, thinking I, about his mayor campaign. He's thinking about his mayor yeah, campaign. Yeah, no, I was. Paying attention. <laughs> Well, yeah. we gotta. We well, I want to have you on again because I also want to talk to you about uh, like uh, at a, at another time. Um, I want to talk to you about the the whole process of jury duty and you know the fact that you don't get paid for it. Yada 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 yada. Um, I want to kind of <laughs> tackle that with you because that was just an annoyance. Um, I did get a deferral till August of uh, 2022, which was great, but. Um, run federally if you wanted to change that curry just letting you know i know i know but anyways no, i want to get tackle that because it's probably yeah um I, and then i'm disqualified from for running from air ever so there you go so i'm damned if i do and i'm damned if i don't like yeah, the short term the short term gain is not good for the long term pain but yeah. uh anyway uh we appreciate you being on thanks very much i want to have you on again because you do um what and i want you to like to you know um basically let us know when you're available next because i know that burns a lot of people which is the jury duty piece well so yeah no appeal? when's the appeal rob we're waiting on the date uh we're actually getting into haggling over because i'm i'm pretty jammed up until about december um because okay. i don't i don't do trial 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 because that doesn't make me effective right no if of you course. get burned out and then you're phoning it in and you don't you can't do that um, so yeah. I space my things out. I don't, um, I, I space. My, I, I was my just stuff. asking because I'd like to you to be on at least, you know, for us and our listeners to hear kind of how that kind of, uh, played out. I'm actually kind yeah, of nervous I mean, about it because it's only my second time at the court of appeal. And it's, it's actually, you're at Osgood Hall and it's beautiful. It's like, it's, it's like being a real barrister, you know? Um, right. And you're in your robes and everybody's in their robes and, um, do you wear a wig? A, I just want to know. Do you wear that wig? No, I don't. I, I have to That's show everybody English. how bald I'm going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, get, I don't get to hide but, that. Thanks for rubbing that in, Curry. Um, I didn't stress say and, I, it was. It was Bondo. Yeah. Stress and excitement are the uh, same emotion, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Um, it's just a matter of no, how it, you interpret. Yeah, and and so it's, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also actually, I mean, if that's I'm why honest, makeup sex is the best, bud. <laughs> this took a left turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, that's all my brain. <laughs> Thank you, Collins. Right on. <laughs> but I. Uh, well, on that note, thanks very much for popping on there, Rob. We want to have you on again. Um, I mean, I, I see you all the time and, and talk to you all the time, so we really appreciate it. A lot of positive comments the last time you were on, so which was great. So we're gonna have you. Uh, we're gonna have you definitely as a regular to come through because uh, you, you add some great uh, some. We'll content. get Shorzy on with them too. Get Shorzy and- on. With Episode five. And it allows Josh to allows Bondo to geek out, you know, and talk yeah. lawyer talk. Timmons talk, Sue talk. It's um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm always happy. And plus, we have the office of the same building, Curry, so I can't hide from you anyway. So I mean, I'm, no, I'm always happy to get someone. All right. Nobody Ladies, can hide from Curry. You find your up. Well, thanks very much for coming on. We really appreciate it, man. Cheers, boys. Enjoy yourself. Thanks, Josh. Um, and uh, you want you one more you shot in my son before we're done here? One more no, shot? No, it's good. No, I think it's yeah, 375,000 followers. Probably at 300,000 followers right now. I'll see how many he's at right now. And Next time I use these glasses here. Tell him to tweet the Professional Insight Podcast. So we can get 117,000. You know. All right, tell him to tweet. There you go. That'd be good. <laughs> um, 
anyways, thank you to Rookie and Matt for producing this show. Without you guys, we would not uh, be uh, where we are. We really appreciate it. Uh, and to also the Dean Blendell Network and to our sponsor, Brand Boulevard. And Bond, Bono, sorry, we had to start early. A. Curry made us do it, so it's... Oh, I'm going to bloody kill you. That's He's what like, I'm going to do. Screw Bond, yeah. we got to get going here. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. knew I was going to be later than what yeah. we had arranged, so I'd put one over the bow just to make sure I was okay. Yeah. Shit anyway, Shit you want to take a shout out, Bondo? Dictator. Help us. Oh help my you God. Stay informed. <laughs> Ciao, boys. Thanks Go very much. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.